This episode, I have a behind the beats chat with Just Chill and En Fuego from BNB Music, which is a Massachusetts based rap group. We discuss their first album titled City Bars and explore the origins of all of its songs. City Bars is empowering, uplifting, and most of all, it's a fun listen. I'm Jared Carpenter, and this is Wi Fi and Water. Just Jill and Fuego, welcome to Wi-Fi and Water. How are you guys doing? Good, thank you. How are you? Doing great. I'm, How are I'm doing you? well. And are you guys out of, where do you claim, you know, when you say you're out of, you out of Boston, Cambridge, how specific do you get? I like it's to represent one. my town, but we can say like the Metro Boston area. Yeah, I, mean, I don't want to be or like. Greater Boston area. We're B&B, we're from Watertown, Massachusetts. Like. <laughs> It just doesn't have quite the same ring. We'll um, say Cambridge. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. Cambridge. Cambridge sounds cool. I'm just thinking like when you're traveling and you're like, oh, where are we from? And yeah, obviously you're not like, yo, we're out of Watertown and like throw up some area code, but Cambridge or Boston sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. I, I haven't, um, one of my other good friends, she's an artist as well. And she's my childhood best friend. And I always tell her, when people ask you where you're from, say Cambridge, don't say Boston because you're not from Boston. It's totally different. And she would always be like, you know, people don't know where Cambridge is. And I'm like, yes, they do. I'm like, all you need to say is Harvard, girlfriend. And then you represent everything elsewhere about. People always generalize because they say like Boston, they assume it's all the same, but it's not. You got to represent your hometown, you know, regardless of where you're from, I feel. How long has B&B been together? We've been writing for about five years, and I don't yeah. think we recorded until four years ago was the first time that we did like an official together recording. Yep, you're right. And is this the, the album that just came out, which we're going to talk about tonight? Is that the first full album? Yep. Very first, yeah. But you've been writing for almost four and a half years, so this is a project with a lot of roots to it. Yeah, yeah. And how did that start? Me and Elise, the way we met in a nutshell, we used to work at a restaurant that was inside of a hotel. So a majority of the songs on this album, we actually wrote at work and we were at the hostess stand. We were hostesses. So a lot of them are kind of just like inside work jokes. <laughs> but we, like she said, we started doing music like around like 2015. She would write raps and I was kind of doing music or started off around the same times. So she would kind of rap them and I would record them like at my house, like, hey, listen to this. Like I recorded your song. <laughs> and then we kind of just like went along with it and then like ended up forming B&B. Yeah, it uh, started as a complete absolute joke. And I would just write joke songs about our coworkers, yeah. and then... They would get annoyed and then Jill would record them so that we could actually play the songs and annoy them even more. And we just kept writing. We didn't stop. That's, that's how we started. So started as hostesses. And how many of the songs on the album that just came out, how many songs on this album were written at that time period? I want to say about half of them. Yeah. Um, some of the songs we have written and kind of worked gone back to to like re-record and or like if we weren't 100 percent with them like we would just like work on them i want to say half of them are like from when we used to work at the restaurant together 
And then we have some newer ones like Rap Friend, just a couple little ones here and there. But for the majority, I think like a lot of them are from the restaurant, like Lennox era. Yeah. I think there's only like two or three songs on here that we wrote when we weren't working at the restaurant together. So you've just essentially been polishing those songs, getting ready for the first album for a good amount of time. And like, what's the song that has been in the works the longest and that has needed the most care? Because, you know, I'll watch, I think it's fascinating, the behind the scenes of the music. And that's kind of what we're doing tonight, learning a little bit more about En Fuego and Just Jill. Seeing how artists will obsess and they'll be like, yeah, we did 15 versions of this and I almost didn't even put it on the, on the, on the album. And then that's the one that goes double platinum or something like that. So is there a song that has a massive amount of energy put behind it more than others in the sense that like we thought about it, we didn't know what to call it. We didn't even know if we should write the second verse. We don't like the, like, mm-hmm. the first book is a little weird. We didn't like the change. Which one's the one? Because you can't hear it, obviously, when you hear it. It's just like, oh, wow, right. song after song after song. But some songs, as you know, have a much longer history. And their history really gives them, I think, a lot of value. Uh, yes, we do have a cursed song. A cursed song? <laughs> I do. I'm like, because- I think... <laughs> Why, why is yeah, it a cursed song? It's a cursed song because most of the problems that we had with it had nothing to do with us. It was just like completely random circumstance that would prevent us from writing or recording it. So X's and Hoes featuring the Soul Woman was, I think, two years in the making because yeah. we had made an, a, we like started a recording session and the day of the singer that was going to do the chorus couldn't make it because literally like some insane medical emergency came up in her family and then we were like oh okay I guess we can't record then Um, and then like every time we would make a new session to go and record it something else completely insane would happen like our engineer ended up having to go to LA to do like some last minute like thing somebody I don't remember who some it was always like just a certain inconvenience that and it would always be day of. It's always <laughs> that's a day how of. The world works. <laughs> um, and then, like, so after a while, we were just like, maybe we're not supposed to record this song. And then, like, a while later, we came back to it. We're like, actually, let's rewrite this entire thing. So then we rewrote it, and then we found uh, the Soul Woman, also by random happenstance. <laughs> right. And she's like, oh my god, I would love to work with you guys. So then she was grateful, like, gracious enough to come and and sing our song with us right shout out soul woman yeah she's amazing yeah is she also local yeah she is yeah me and the soul woman we actually had our first live gig with each other so that's how we all met and i heard her voice and elise heard her voice and we i don't even think we knew her like that we were just like a few (laughs) days later like yo we need you on our song like you're amazing and she was actually a the first like female artist we both worked with. So it was definitely an awesome vibe to just have like, you know, another female, you know, just um, in the mix and having a good time recording and stuff. So it was really awesome that we were able to finish that song because it was hard. (laughs) She's amazing. And she was like really fun, really wonderful to work with, really great to collaborate with. The album is called City Bars. What's the story behind that? So City Bars is, well, it was kind of a play off of one of the um, lounges that was in the hotel we were working at. So our restaurant had two restaurants and a lounge. There was City Table where we worked, Solas and City Bar. So 
it was kind of like a play off that. Also, I think it's kind of cool. B&B is kind of a play off of bed and breakfast. We were the breakfast host. So it's like, <laughs> so like little things like that. But yeah, one of our co-workers was like, oh, you should name your album City Bars. And I was like, mind blown. I thought it's so like, <laughs> works perfectly. <laughs> so yeah. And then there's like when you're spitting bars. So it was one of those. So that's how we came up with that. Yeah, because I assume like City Bars, obviously, they're from the city area and they spit bars, so City Bars. But I never would have guessed that it was because it was part of where you both worked many years ago. Our our entire album is like an inside joke to ourselves that we would like to share with other people. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I saw that it's got a, it's got a good amount of, of listens so far. So how many of those people will understand some of the inside joke of the album? three other people maybe besides <laughs> us yeah right okay all right very cool right very cool and you're releasing an album during the COVID era and I'm assuming if it weren't the COVID era you would be doing rounds in clubs in bars maybe getting 30 minutes 40 minutes maybe a couple songs is it just going to be live streams where you're going to hopefully get together and do some kind of a live stream to help push the album what does that look like what does it look like to release an album in COVID? I think it was a little bit easier because we just started performing like right before this happened. So like we were just putting ourselves like out of our comfort zone. So <laughs> this was kind of like, like a little way to like, you know, just work on, you know, doing it through Zoom and just, you know, I think live streams are a little less scary at times. Um, yeah, in a weird way, I mean, I've never released an album before, so I have zero context for if it's easier or harder than other album releases. I don't know. <laughs> um, but so because of COVID, I lost the other job that I had. And then the new job that I picked up has a, so much more flexibility for me to be able to, to take time off to do things like go to the recording studio or like practice or like leave early to do a live stream so there are a lot of weird ways in which this quarantine ended up being uh like kind of good for me which i feel bad about but also is just objectively true like if it weren't for this other job that i got because i got laid off from my last job like i would have just been working like crazy again and wouldn't have time to be able to like actually chip in and do stuff because right before this all happened, Jill was always trying to get me to do more shows with her because she's been like really hustling for her own album and for us. But then it was just like, by the time the weekend would roll around, I'm like, I just need to lie down for like the next 48 hours and never speak to anybody again. So it was just like, had no energy. So it's hard. It, ta it takes yeah. a lot of energy, you know, probably once a month. And then like I would do a show. And then after that, I'm like, out of commission for the rest of the weekend because just like it does it takes a lot but it's definitely been an interesting experience um and I agree with Elise it's I've been in the same position I've had more flexibility to like work on our craft and you know be able to put this together and really make it a thing and I have mixed feelings but it's good like I'm glad we were able to finally finish this and make it complete yeah it's awesome. I was kind of like, oh, what's this going to be like? And I was listening to it like, <laughs> oh my, some of the, some of the, 
some of the bars are hard. Some of the bars go in. And <laughs> I'm so glad you like it. Because <laughs> I, I didn't know what to expect. You know, I think hip hop is a very, especially hip hop these days, it's very, hmm, what's a, what's a word? It's, it's just like it's, broad kind yeah, it's of ever evolving, ever changing. People bring in different beats and they'll do different things. And hip hop is so expressive and it really is like, it's an art form clearly. And so when I, when I was just listening to it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is like, they went for it. So would you say it's like the album itself, when you listen to it or you tell people about it, would you say it's a concept album? Do you, do you find that there's a narrative throughout it? Cause I, I feel I'm picking up like a couple of like motifs or themes you could say, but mm-hmm. is there, after someone listens to it, is there something you're hoping that they take away with it? Um, like for a me- larger message I, and maybe there isn't. I haven't really thought of a larger message too much outside of like, for us, our focus was fun. We wanted to enjoy writing it. We wanted the songs to be fun in some way. So like the themes in a lot of the songs kind of vary, but we want people to listen to be like, just, yeah, you know, we want like excitement. We want people to feel like the songs really get them like just going, you know, one way or another. We don't have a lot of like slow songs, but even the ones that are kind of slow are just about like, how fucking cool you are you know? yeah. <laughs> like, what's the yeah. song that you guys for right now you see as the one that will be like the single or the one that will get the most love from the people the booty booty bandit <laughs> the booty bandit is that why is that is that why you all started with that one because that's number one right yeah yeah that was that was the first song um we came up with when this first all started and like even like the people who have heard booty bandit before like became a full song we've been bumping booty bandit i think for about five years and i haven't gotten sick of it and i don't think anyone else has either because <laughs> it's just so catchy and it's just cool because it's such an old song like we came up with that like half of a decade ago now which is weird to say so it's like yeah. and it's- now it's like uh, like you know now it's on platforms and stuff it's like legit so it's literally the first hip hop song I ever wrote. It's really? about our it's about our coworker. It's a joke to make fun of him and he hated it and then so we recorded it. <laughs> Cuz I'm a troll. I'm a terrible person. But yeah, like it's a song that makes the least sense to anybody that doesn't personally know us or know this story, but people love it anyways. They're like, "I have no idea what this is about, but like it fucking slaps." So Yeah. <laughs> It seemed out of context. I heard it, even even though it was the first song I heard. And then the, like, the second song, I was like, wait, what? This is going now yeah. in a different direction. <laughs> so does he he knows that the album is out and he knows now that oh, this yeah. is going to be like a long-term thing? We tried to band. get him to play it at his wedding and he wouldn't let us, which is disappointing. But <laughs> <You mean? laughs> would have gotten everybody on the dance floor. Yeah, right. Easily, easily would have gotten everyone yeah. on the dance floor. And so I'm looking through the album the facts talk to me about that one because that one was nice i I really like that yeah why why did we need facts on the album because that's the one that seems like timely if anything i guess i could say timely as we as we approach you know november 3rd right i believe we wrote it after the last election and i missed a protest so that we could record this because we had set up a studio session like weeks before and I was supposed to go like into Boston Common and I couldn't because we were recording the song. And I was like, well, if I can't go, we'll, we're going to record something that will 
hopefully be meaningful to other people anyways, you know? Right. Yeah. I really liked making that song because, you know, it was a lot, obviously more serious than our other songs than we were doing. So it was a different perspective on things and also just creating it. We had, we threw in some Michelle Obama samples, which I thought was really cool. And like, we went through like a ton of her speeches and like, you know, picked pieces like we thought really like meant something to us and would think that would mean something to other people as well, um, who kind of had the same outlook as us or a similar outlook. And yeah, it was just, it was really fun to make, even though it was like a little more serious, but. Yeah, it's the one um, on the album that I think is a little bit different from the other songs, which are definitely more like fun not that this not that this one isn't upbeat, but the, the things that it addresses are just a little bit more serious. And then you have Michelle Obama's quotes throughout it, which yeah. really kind of take place of the hook, which I thought were really nicely done. And Thank I love you. that you chose, I mean, it's probably her most, I don't know whether she meant it to be her most famous, but the when they go low, we go high. We go high. Which yep. is yeah, which is something I think a lot of people have to keep constantly in their minds, you know, in the day right. in. So it's hard. This, it is, it's very hard. <laughs> it's God, very yeah. hard. Was, so was this written before the last election or after the last election? I, I wasn't After, sure. I believe. Yeah. After. It was after. Okay. It was after the last election. The one thing I remember saying to somebody was like, the one good thing that will come out of a Trump presidency will be there will be a lot of artists pushing back. And we use art when we can't use another medium. We, we can't even put words to it, even if we are using words like through hip hop or something. And so it's full circle with that in my mind that now I am speaking with B&B, with Enfuego and Just Jill about their album, because in times of oppression, this is what comes out. And a lot of the lyrics on that one was like, oh, okay, I really, that to me is one of my favorite songs on the album, I think. And then I really like Shade. I thought Shade was great. Yeah. So what's the influence on that? Does that go all the way Love back to that. the hostess life? Yeah. Or talk to me about because hostess life. Because <laughs> it seems like when I listen to the album, I could be sitting in a mall, people watching. And like somebody goes by, I'm like, oh, Dr. Grande. Oh, Booty Bandit. Yes. Oh, Shade. Like that's the way I was experiencing the album, even though I was just like walking around my apartment, like listening to it. Yes. Talk to me about uh Shade. So Shade's pretty funny. I'll let you handle this. <laughs> yeah, I got this, boo. Um, so Shade is, I think, maybe the third song we wrote, maybe the fourth. It was during that, like, silly, we just started this era. And it was kind of based off of just dudes you know, thinking they're the shit and, like, trying, you know, to be about player lifestyle and we're not about that, like, you know, wrong two to pick on. So I, I was talking to somebody at our job and he just thought he was like the smoothest dude on the planet. And he was pretty charming. But after a while, I was just like, oh, like, you're kind of a dick. So like, <laughs> So one time, like, it was really busy in the restaurant and he called down and it was in the middle of brunch and he wanted, like, this big breakfast from us. And my boss, like, grabbed the phone from Elise's hand and, like, yelled at him and was like, not now. And hung up 
And Elise goes, John Doe wants bacon, but all they're taking is shade, shade, shade. <laughs> and I was like, write that down now. <laughs> We're using that. So like, that's, I, that's how that started. And we kind of just made it a song about like, you know. It is about a guy actually asking us for literal bacon. And then yeah. shade. Okay, but it I works like, uh... metaphorically also. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because I, I, I didn't get the bacon piece, but everything else made sense. But now I get the bacon piece because yeah. it's coming yeah, from the service industry. Breakfast and then. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But it can also be a playoff of like, you know, bacon, like kind of like money. It's true. Bacon, cheddar, so it's cheese, like, whatever. You know, right, exactly. So like this dude's asking for t- for bacon, but all he's taking is shade. Like, get out of here. I'm not giving you my money. Okay, so shade <laughs> goes back to that time. Booty Bandit goes back to that time. I assume the same for Dr. Grande. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Facts. I guess in and around that time as well. Yes. Facts was written while I was still at the restaurant, I think. Yeah. Okay. And then some of the newer ones maybe is like My Bestie and Rap Friend. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. All right. Rap Friend is the last one that we recorded together. Okay. The last one that you recorded together. And Jill, we were talking a little bit before we started to record but what are your, we're talking about rap and the history of Mm -hmm. it. And what are your influences? Like who is your favorite top three rappers that when you hear this now, because I think it's also weird to hear yourself. I don't know if you have that. I have that. Like when I listen to myself in interviews. I did for a long time. I just like, I hear it. I'm like, oh, that's me. But it's still like kind of is a weird out of body experience. Right. It is. Do you ever listen to yourself and you're like, oh, that sounds like so-and-so subconsciously without thinking of it? Oh, like that line sounded like this person. I know why the way, I, I know why I put an inflection on that word. Who do you hear when you hear yourself? If anybody, and you can just say, no, I'm just Jill. That's not true. But I feel like with rap, it's everyone picks off, even if it's a hundredth of a thing from somebody and takes it with them. And that's why it's so powerful. Growing up, I've had a lot of like influence, like um, hip hop, a lot of R&B and soul three off the top of my head growing up, Boys to Men, Stevie Wonder, and Jay-Z. So like, I've had a lot of those, oh, and Tribe Called Quest, big time. Those are like faves. That's kind of just my background. But when I hear myself, I think I've kind of like evolved over time. I like, I wanna say ASAP Rocky in a way. I really admire his deep voice, (laughs) like sound effects, like when he's, recording his song so that is I, your favorite <laughs> i love deep voice <laughs> like seriously like chopped and screwed should be my middle name like i love it <laughs> um, not really that was silly it was a joke but yeah so like th- pieces like that i like him i think he has a huge influence on my music and then i think certain songs sometimes bring out certain artists to me depending on the song like X's and Ho's, for example, I found my inner Jay-Z in that big time because we used the Heartbreaker beat with him and Mariah Carey. So like I like dove in deep with that one. And <laughs> it was I played off of like certain lyrics he had in the song and stuff like that. So I feel like sometimes it depends on the song. I think with B&B, I it's I think BMB it's totally different like because I consider our music um and I considered it hip hop for a little while but at the same time I don't consider it hip hop and I consider it more rap I feel like rap is di- way different than hip hop 
I feel like hip hop's more of a boom bap type of, you know, old school um, hip hop. And then rap can go in so many directions because you have trap, you have gangster rap, and there's just so many directions you can go with it. I feel like B&B is more like parody rap because we're just so silly, which I really like because I can't really think of anybody else who's doing that. And we just have so much fun with it. So I think with B&B, it's a little different. I would say maybe for our style, when it comes to like Booty Bandit, Dr. Grande, a lot of the club stuff, like at least she had a big influence with like Nicki Minaj and Iggy in the beginning. Iggy Azalea. Yeah. One of the one of the records that I, I'd have to listen back through, but I like, I think it was in Fuego, but I was like, that sounds like Iggy Azalea. I thought I heard, I was like, Whoa. I told you. It's serious. I I'll have to listen to, time but ago. it sounds just like, if you if you didn't know and somebody yes. had that on the radio, it'd be like, oh, Iggy's back. Elise, I don't know <laughs> if you remember that, but I said that in like one of our early songs. And you can definitely tell sometimes when people, you know, you can hear the influence through their performances. And I'm so happy you said that just now because. Yeah, I, I didn't know whether to bring that up. But since you said it, I was like, I'm not sure. That, <laughs> oh, because they're female rappers, they have to sound like other female rappers, which is totally not true. You know, you can pick up intonations and other things right. from anybody. It's not just like also really cool that you brought up the genre because it's really hard, I think, in the world we live in to say that this is just hip hop. Mm-hmm. It's just that's too simplistic. Because like if somebody asked if you were hip hop, I'd say, yeah, they're hip hop. And and then I don't even know, depending on the song, I would maybe say something else. But I was feeling that same way, too, because I don't think it is just like a Tribe Called Quest. It's not just like right. the, the flow isn't like that. It's a little bit. There's a lot more maybe raps than you could say than like a hip hop. So very interesting. And then Fuego, for you, what are the influences that you feel like you brought to the record? Because Just Jill saying Stevie Wonder, Boys to Men. Jay-Z. I kind of feel like I have a very basic bitch like series of <laughs> artists that I like. That's okay. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Let's lay, lay this out. So because I really like music, but I'm also very lazy. So I don't go looking for a lot of stuff that isn't just like right in front of my face. So I have mostly what is out on the radio. So like Nicki Minaj was a big one for me. Early on Iggy Azalea, before I realized that Yeah, um, before the before the we were just like Maybe we don't with Iggy Azalea anymore. Megan Thee Stallion is one of the ones, and Rico Nasty, I fucking love right now. Rico Nasty is like who I wish I was, <laughs> but definitely okay. not who I am right now. Cardi B, I'm a big fan of, and Doja Cat. I was just about to say Doja Cat. Doja Cat, yeah. Those are the ones I'm listening to a lot right now. People often send me stuff, and I really enjoy basically everything that people send me. I also recently discovered Clipping. Which is nothing like what we do, but I love it. Davide Diggs is like my fucking hero. So, what's clipping? I'm Clip. I, I'm excited to learn. Clipping is a rap group, and oh god, now I'm gonna look like an idiot because I don't remember who else is in it. So, I found out that one of the actors from Hamilton is actually in this band, which now makes me able to relate to people who like Hamilton because I'm like, oh, I love Davide Diggs. <laughs> Oh, yeah. no way. I think now that you say that, I think I heard something similar about that. That's crazy. Yeah, I would check them out. They, um, they, they're they a very dark band, which I also really like because the other like percentage of the music I like is like spooky goth music and industrial. And I'm just I have no taste. I like everything. 
<laughs> I'm gonna have to look at thing because that it says it's uh, an American experimental hip hop group. They are so good. I love them. Uh, they are, I guess, dark. So they're like basically the opposite of what we do. Yeah, because your music is is light and fun and expressive and something you definitely want to be listening to with the windows down. It's like 85 out. Yes. And you're just like rolling around. We started writing party anthem right before Wait, quarantine happened. And I was just like, I'm going to have to rewrite this. <laughs> <laughs> this is just like referencing all of the wrong years. Like one of the, I think one of the first lines was like, you know, 2020. Yeah. Like <laughs> here I come, 2020. 2020. <laughs> 2020 here we come like and then it was just like nah fam <laughs> no sit back down Elise. nothing's happening in 2020 i do think it's interesting the way that the year is actually maybe influencing the music that people put out because maybe you're not going to put out this banger that you think was gonna people are gonna play in the club and get all those types of plays or something that you would play i'm thinking of the little john song where shots 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 mm. like that's like that you and we've all heard that in a bar probably when we're taking a shot but now it's like i guess you're doing that at home with people in your bubble or you're on zoom music definitely is taken a different way in the way that we interact with it due to the lifestyle now that we all live i mean if it weren't for covid we'd probably be all sitting in a room together but here we are on zoom and right. so i had a question about that how does covid influence the way you make music but you just answered it because it sounded like you had more of like a, i guess we call it like a club banger and it was about 2020 and how amazing it was and living life. I don't even know. So did you change any other lyrics because of the quote times? No, because all the songs that we had were already written and already recorded. We just needed to kind of polish them and clean up some of the lines. So this was a song that Jill had created a whole new beat for back in like, I want to say January or February or something. COVID, I started making beats. So. Yeah. Um, so... I had gone through basically like a writer's block patch where I wasn't writing anything. And then like I had a breakup and Jill was like, well, why don't you write about it? Cause that'll help. And I was like, yeah, it's a great idea. And then I sat down, I'm like, I got nothing. So Jill's brilliant idea was to make beats and she would send me beats that she knows that I like. And I tend to like a lot of like party jams and like upbeat things. And so she sends me this beat for me. I forget what it was called. Fuego party. Fuego party. And it's like, it's perfect. It's everything I love in a beat. It's fun. It's like energetic. (laughs) I do love Pitbull. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, I feel like, I feel like it should feature Pitbull. It's like something they would exclusively play in Miami. Fuego party. He would totally, he, he agrees. You would sound great on our music, I think, right? (laughs) Pitbull is featured on some K-pop bands. So I feel like. Oh, it's he's possible. down for B&B. He's down yeah. for B&B. He'd, he'd, he'd show up for us, right? Yeah. For sure. So yeah, I had this like great beat and I was like, oh my God, I love this beat. I'm going to write to it right now. And then I started writing about like, I'm going to take 2020 back. I'm going to be like, whole new lease on life. No. No. No, <laughs> no it's not no. happening. This COVID, COVID had other plans. So yeah. <laughs> on the album, Jill, do you do all the production? Do you do all the beats? Obviously, I know the Mariah beat is Mariah. And I saw you you did a little something with that, but talk to me about so, the production. Is, is that all you? Are you the beat maker? I am not actually. So a lot of the beats we have were like really old beats that we just kind of like found off the internet. So I didn't start making beats until like COVID happened. 
because I was just like that bored and I have I didn't feel like writing like you know we get those like writer's blocks so it's just like okay I don't really feel like doing that let me try this thing while until quarantine is over there's a lot of people that definitely started making beats during COVID like that's a thing yeah but our engineer shout out John Scott at Phoenix Down Engineering he has been the best him and Josh have been the ones who have taken care of us the entire time. John, me and John, we kind of started around the same time. He had just opened up his studio and I had just started doing music. So I think we all kind of just grew together. And then like Elise came in the picture and it's just, he's been taking really good care of us. And he did an amazing job with this album for us and there is one song with an original beat but it was not made by either of us it was made by my friend jason staller who before we met was like uh like to play around with like beats and mixing music so he made a beat and it's the one for the my bestie song the one that i wrote for jill and that's the only 100 percent purely original song (laughs) from the beat to the lyrics to everything else that's right jason on the beat yeah it's a coding joke that he hates, but it's too late. <laughs> it's too late. It's too late. So thinking about the recording, can you give an idea to people? I think the full album is about 26 minutes, 25 minutes, maybe. Mm-hmm. How many hours do we spend in the studio perfecting this? A lot. <laughs> on average, we would do three hours at a time. And in those three hours, we would work on two songs. But then we had the mastering sessions where John went through because some of our songs were recorded like four years ago so we had to go back and like update them and edit them with all the knowledge that all of us had accrued over the last four years Um, so mastering alone was 10 hours in the studio of just him cleaning up our audio and uh you know adding cool sound effects and things like that so that's just the, like the last stage of us getting our album together was 10 hours. And each song you can assume had at least three hours per song before that. That was a good breakdown, Elise. That was good. I, I mean, was like, I'm... ah, we've done a lot of hours. <laughs> I think uh, it's just a good thing to give people an idea on how long it takes to create something. With editing anything, whether it's a podcast or it's music, is super hyper-intensive because every single sound has to be perfect and, like, matched. And I just think people are like, oh, that's so easy. Anyone can do it. It's like, no. They've been writing this for half a decade. They've been in the studio for hours on end creating this. So on my own, tried to record a rap as a joke for, because all of my stuff is always a joke, for the, the podcast that I'm in. And I was like, oh, like, I can do this because I've been recording music for the last five years. And I was like, I've got this. And then I started it and it was awful. It took me an hour to record one song because I kept having to go back and redo lines because I would get off by like half of a second of a beat. And then it would throw the whole thing off. So I like, I just had to record it line by line. And I'm like, oh, God, like, John. John must be so good at this. I don't know how he does it. But you're all, she's not pointing out the fact that she was doing a voiceover in that entire track. So like, it wasn't like you were just rapping and you couldn't figure it out. You had like a huge like task to to fill, to do it in another person's voice. And that's not easy at all. Having to do it in like your podcast character's voice is just like a total nother level of recording. Like people go to school for that. (laughs) 
Yeah, I know why. Because it's really fucking hard. So like, don't, don't, you know, <sighs> get too down on it. Because I, I once you like finished it, it, it came out amazing. Aww, the final thanks. product was great. <laughs> throughout this album, throughout City Bars, I don't think I heard another voice. What I mean is, you guys know how Nicki Minaj will put on that like British voice. She has like a deeper, darker voice. J. Cole is known to have on his albums like three or four people and they're just like different of his voices that he plays around with either by lowering his voice or in post. I do have an alter ego. Okay. Her name is Marge from accounting. <laughs> but What's... she's the one that talks like this on the... Uh, she's She shows up in Dr. Grande and she shows up in Booty Bandit. I'll have to go listen again because I I just didn't I couldn't tell because it was so good that that Marge from accounting was uh, in Fuego. Yep, I do rap as Marge very briefly in Doctor Grande. And Marge is actually in the very beginning of Booty Bandit in the intro, so she comes in and actually shout out to David Hayter. I know he's on this album. <laughs> <laughs> David Hayter, he was in Metal Gear. It was Elise Metal yep. Gear. He's Solid Snake from Metal Gear and probably other characters Metal Gear. He's a famous voice actor. He's also directed. I think he directed some of the original X-Men movies. And he also had a show that just came out recently. I think Warrior Nun. I think he also directed that. It's a crazy, insane show. Yeah, so we were able to get a clip of David Hayter saying Booty Bandit. And in the very intro, it's Marge and David Hayter going back and forth on an intercom. And she's like, I can't do the voice. I sound awful when I do it. I sound like I'm from Michigan. <laughs> from Fargo. But yeah, I met I met David Hayter at a convention. He had a little booth there and you could like spend 50 bucks and they'll record whatever you want. So I wrote down, I was just like, can you say in your solid snake voice that you're the booty bandit? <laughs> and he was like, oh my God, I'd be happy to. So yeah. I have this little video of him saying he's the booty bandit. And I just used the, the audio from that clip for our, for our song. Any other cameos that were like a David Hayter that just kind of serendipitously happened because you were out somewhere and you were able to record someone and then kind of incorporate them into a song? No, I think that's it. We have a couple guest stars. Like uh, our friend Jason shows up on the song that we wrote for Jill. He's the uh, the wrestling announcer that shows up in the middle of the song. Okay, okay. Uh, he's the one that made the beat. And then um, our friend Mishu or Mishaft is his stage name. Michelle is Gold. on shade gucci and gold oh gucci and gold oh my god like he references our shade song <laughs> he references our shade song so that's i think that's why you got mixed up for a sec as far as alter like egos go i guess like i would say other than like the marge kind of just like the concepts of the song so like dr grande and and booty bandit like those are i guess technically alter egos because they're based off of real people and we just, that's how we addressed them. <laughs> was was you know? Dr. Grande a patron of the restaurant? The way we came up with these names were when we would be get have really slow work days, I would come up with games for all of us to play. So I would be like, hey, if we were all superheroes, what would our names be and what would our superpowers be? That was Dr. Grande. Yeah, Booty Bandit earned his name. He knows what he did. But yeah, and then like Dr. Grande was based off of one of our coworkers. He was in uh, medical school. He was trying to become a doctor. So like, I don't know where the hell I came up with Grande. I just think I just picked it just randomly and it sounded kind of dirty. 
Yeah, he was. Um, so he's from El Salvador. And when he was in El Salvador, he was studying to become a doctor. And then he immigrated to the United States and basically got screwed over by the credit system that we have here. Like, so all of the all of the stuff he did in El Salvador ended up counting for basically nothing here. So they couldn't give him his license. And then he if he wanted to go back to school, he'd have to start essentially back from scratch. And like, who can afford medical school in America? <laughs> so, right. Especially um, if you're not if you're undocumented and then you can't get certain loans. It's really difficult. Yeah. So They're, he yeah. like he ended up not being able to resume that track here, which is a shame because he's like. He's so crazy smart and he's working in this restaurant with like us like chuckle. Right. <laughs> and we're like, what are you doing here? Right. <laughs> Does he know he's he's on the album? Oh yes. Yes, he knows. He's heard okay. his song. He's very happy with it. He's happier with it than the booty bandit is for obvious reasons. But <laughs> right. <laughs> and Gucci and Gold. Is there anything deeper behind that than 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 one would find out just by listening? I think Gucci and Gold was like our first that was like about somebody it was kind of meant to be more of like a hip-hop song kind of just like you know how fly we think we are and <laughs> yeah we're just trying to gas ourselves up with gucci yeah and like there's a lot of positive reinforcement because you have what's the my bestie which is essentially you guys talking about one another which is really nice and then right. rap friend which is a similar thing right and then Gucci and Gold, which is also so it's overall a really it's like an uplifting album. I don't know if that's like a good way to put it, but that's what I got out of it. I was like, wow, this is like really positive. That's awesome. I'm glad. Even though you have a song called Shade, but the way it's done is like very it's well done. Okay. The way you flip, way you flip it, yeah. Uh we definitely tried to make it more positive. I'm not here for the that kind of like culture of just like, yeah, I'm the best female rapper around, because like I'm not. And I'm never going to be, but I like what I do. <laughs> you know that. <laughs> well, you I was just like, I, I don't need to be the best to still have fun right. doing what I do. So it's just like I hear you. So we we both prefer to just enjoy what we do rather than make it like a competition. And I feel like when we uplift ourselves and uplift other people, that is just more fun, more interesting. Right. I'm not gonna hate on like the culture because hip hop has a long extended culture. It's just like. It wouldn't be authentic for right. us. I think one of the things before me and Elise really started getting like deep into doing music together because of the hip hop culture, I was just always on the usual like F you like, you know, always on some like, you know, competition shit. And I wasn't as female empowerment as I am now. And like a lot of people are just like, yeah, you're for the women. And like, there was just a good period where I kind of wasn't. So I kind of <laughs> feel guilty at times. I'm just like, ah, We all went through that, that. you know, but that's like, a. But Elise taught me that, like, because I would do certain things in songs and she'd be like, oh, that's not nice. And I'm just like, who cares? And, but at the same time, like, it's so much more productive when it's not like, you're not hating on someone or dissing somebody for something. And I think me and Elise forming and doing our music together, it has inspired other female artists not to be that way or feel like they have to make it a competition or hate each other. And I think that's amazing that like, cause of just all the, the culture has always just not been the most supportive. So when you see it in a supportive light 
and wanting to bring one another up, it's just a totally different experience. And I think more people should, or more artists should try and do that. And just like with a different perspective than the usual hip hop culture. Yeah, because uplifting is definitely one of the words I would use to describe the album. And I once again, I've only listened to it once. Albums normally have depth and like layers where you'll hear it on the third time. Yep. Like, oh, okay, I got that line. Now it refers back to the other song or something else. Especially if there is a lot of inside jokes, you have to kind of tear, it's like onions, tear the layers to, yep. to really get to the core of what's happening. But yeah, uplifting is definitely something that I would say if someone was asking, I'd say it's fun and uplifting. And I don't think that that's always, as you as you both have said, I don't think that that's always part of what hip hop culture is. Because a lot of people see it and they're like, oh, rap battles, Eminem, historic beef, Jay-Z, right. Nas, Tupac, Biggie. There's always been beef at like certain levels. Drake gets into it with people. People get into it with Drake. But I think on a stepping outside of that, I don't think that that's the point of hip hop. I think it's anything it's yeah. supposed to build community and bring, bring people together and show people that they have a lot right. more in common than they do have differences and i think that this album does that and the fact that the songs are about people from years ago in kind of a fun and fluffy like way of joking about them i think plays to that and then the other songs being balanced out by songs where you guys are really just kind of like uplifting one another it was a breath of fresh air because i think many times it's hard to find someone's first rap album that doesn't throw shade here or there in a way that's like but why Right. And like, obviously you can go through and find an album and I'm sure that there are first albums, but most times it's, that's like low hanging fruit. It's just like the easier thing to do is to pick on someone else than to uplift other people. For you guys to have that album come out in a time where we are so divided nationally, even globally, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. that seems to make the most sense. City Bars seems to really fill like a really cool little space in there for female rappers to, to make a difference. Right. And like, that's what we tried to do, like with rap French so much. And we specifically like put on the track list, like a compliment battle, because it was kind of a play off of the MGK and Eminem beef when they did their diss tracks. And Elise was like, I want to do a nice battle. And I watched like disrespectful battle raps. (laughs) So like she was telling me, let's do this. And I'm like, okay, Elise, I guess we'll do it. And when she came with their verse, I was like mind blown because I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. Not that I would think it wouldn't be amazing, but just in the perspective of, you know, uplifting instead of dissing, like it's just a totally different vibe. And a lot of people are all like, oh, if you're nice, you're whack, you know? So it doesn't appeal to a lot of people, but she just, she brought the heat because she's on fuego and that's what the fuck she does. So it was like, she came with the heat, and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. So she did her trap. This was on Rap Friend, so which is the last track on the album. And she does her verse on her MGK beat, the Rap Devil beat. And that's where we got Rap Friend from instead of Rap Devil. And so when we were making the song, I was like, oh, well, if it's a battle, why don't I do it on an Eminem beat? So I took the beat from it's called So Alike. Or no, it's called Not Alike. And I switched it to So Alike. So... So we kind of play off of that and just like she goes and compliments the hell out of me because that's what we do throughout the whole album. And then like I go and I compliment her and that's kind of how we end off of the album. Just be like, you know what, Jill, you're the best rap friend a girl could have. And, you know, we kind of ended on a good note. And it's just 
it's I like it. It's very unique compared to the usual. All of my best work uh, is about Jill. <laughs> All of my best songs are about Jill and how much I love Jill. So Jill, is this, have you put out an album yourself before? No, I have not. I actually, I have a solo project coming out later okay. at the end of this month. And I wanted to promote like our stuff first, but I do have one that's coming out and it's a lot more, it hits home. It's definitely not a B&B album. b is very like fun and exciting. And the Just Jill album, the name of the album is Jillian Dollar Dreams. So kind of a, like million dollar dreams, only Jillian, because my full name is Jillian. So it was a play off that, but it's a lot more deeper. It tells a story about my life along the way. And so it's a lot more serious, I would say, than City Bars is. But I would also say it still is very uplifting and it is upbeat. It does have its like, you know, serious moments, but I would also put it in the uplifting category. Yeah, I would say it's nostalgic and hopeful. Oh, thank you, bro. Not even necessarily optimistic. I would say it's hopeful when you talk about things that are vulnerable, that make you vulnerable and that make it hard. There's like a sense of like, well, you persevere through it and right. just got to do what you have to do to get by. And it's not like everything's going to be fine. It's just like, we're going to make it okay. You know? Yep, exactly. I'm assuming you already have a couple other songs that just didn't make the album because you were just like, all right, if we don't put it out now, we're never going to put it out. Like what's another two tracks? We'll save those for the next album. Right. Is there a future? Are you going to hopefully get something out, you know, this time in 2021, maybe sooner? How does... How does that look as you move forward? Now that we know what we got ourselves into and we've had like hiccups along the line and like the thing that I kind of got really frustrated with was that we couldn't put our album on all platforms. That was like one of my like biggest things that I wasn't too happy about. So I think in the future, now that I'm making beats, like we're going to focus on trying to make more original song not that they're not already original but it's like someone else made them or it was off of youtube or like you know they because they were so old and we were still so new at the time that we didn't care we were just doing things and we weren't didn't know at the time it was going to be a serious project and that's just strictly because of copyright like you can't put the mariah song on a certain platform because then they're going to take it down or block you or something like that right exactly yeah. In perfect fairness, like we also understand how hard it is to be an artist. So even if like a small town beat maker and that's just like one of your many hustles to try to get your bread and butter, we don't want to like shit all over that by being like, right. well, you put it on YouTube, so whatever, screw you. Um, so we also want to be respectful of like right. other people's artwork, not yeah. take advantage of them, not being able to like fight us in court or whatever, right. you know? Which is really frustrating because yeah, you obviously understand on one side that this is someone's art and like you have to respect that. The other side is on YouTube, there's millions and millions of hours of tight beats, <laughs> trap beats. Like you can type in anything and they'll have the instrumental. Any song you've ever listened to, you're like, oh, I really like that. I'd like to do something right. like this. So it's like, oh, it's kind of like a Pandora's box situation with the beats. Mm -hmm. So you're so, Jill, you're definitely for the next album, it's like, all right, let's get as much original stuff so that way we can put it because like yeah. what's a platform that you would want to be on that you're not on now with City Bars? So this album is going on all platforms. I And I, I tried to do as much as I can with the B&B album, but just, there were a lot of things where it was just like nonprofit, like you can't buy this beat. So I went I went back to all of the beats that were on all of the 
our songs and I was I reached out like hey I'm coming out and at, with an album and I need this like <laughs> I hope you like this song and some of those songs I originally didn't plan on putting on the album it got to a point where it didn't sound complete so I was like I have to do what I can to get these songs on the album so and I managed to do that so I was really excited about that we were able to get booty banded on Spotify and this album Jillian Dollar Dreams that's coming out it's going to be on Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, all of those. But so, City Bars isn't on Spotify. Not the full album. Not the full album. I am going to try and get my bestie I would like to get on Spotify since that's our beat that was made for us. I definitely have some ideas for us to get our music out. And then we can always create more music and put it out now that we like are started. and we've Yeah, you've, you've out. taken the first step which is exactly. the hardest step for any artist. Are you guys carving out a niche on YouTube? We have a YouTube channel. I don't, we, we haven't updated with any of the new songs yet because we were kind of holding off to give everybody like the finished product until after our, our album is released. But now that it's out, I can't imagine we wouldn't. We had plans to do music videos this year. <laughs> yeah, we were going to do a booty bandit music video. Um, is there still a way to get that done? Even with distance? Oh, or? God, no. It's more it complicated, be... but... It would be such a pain in the ass and there's no way that I would feel like like I was being responsible about it unless right. like everyone underwent such a rigorous process and it's just like I can't pay anybody right now to do that so we'll we're just planning on having a crowd <laughs> like, like we were going to get everybody in this yeah we can definitely still do a booty bandit music video we just have to do the proper planning and it's definitely doable we just need to you know put our thinking caps on a little and yeah it just may not be the exact thing you would have envisioned with like this huge crew in the background right massive people twerking and you guys up front doing your thing may just look a little different (laughs) yeah a little like we'll figure it out we always figure it out you know and so future album we're definitely not going to stop making music i have no idea what the next album would look like but yeah it'll happen (laughs) Yeah. Or maybe it's a situation where you just do a single every couple months and you just start to show up bigger on Spotify slowly. I feel like there are definitely artists that do that. Some of the big artists too that I know that I've followed for a while have done like I'll release a song this week and another one in two weeks and Mm -hmm. instead of doing a whole album just to like give people something to look forward to, I assume. Right. Yeah, I think it's just also easier rather than waiting. You know, we're going to wait a year to drop them out. And they just kind of like Jay Balvin, the Colombian reggaeton artist. He puts out a song like every two to three weeks. No joke. I swear. Always has different collabs. But I don't think he's had a full album done since 2012 or 2011. So Wow. He just, yeah, he just keeps it moving. And he literally, you know, so I feel like music also allows, you know, electronics and technology and all the platforms will allow you to kind of do that these days. So you don't have to wait for a big album right. drop per se. You can just bleed stuff out slowly and get people, keep people close to the fire. So you're not on Spotify, which is fine. Or the full album is on we Spotify. We are on Spotify. Say. You are on Spotify. The full album is on SoundCloud. You could find it at BNB Music. And you can also find it on my SoundCloud, the Just Jill SoundCloud with the S as a dollar sign. And then through Instagram as well. Do you want to give your Instagram handle information? Because I think it's the the address on that, right? 
It should be brains and bars music. Yeah, brains and bars. And the N is just the letter. I got that mixed up. So it's brains, B-R-A-I-N-S, the letter N, B-A-R-S, underscore music. On our Instagram, we have Linktree. So you can find like all of that stuff in our bio. And we have like the link to the album, the link to our, the Booty Bandit um, Spotify link and our YouTube, all that good stuff. Well, thank you for joining Wi-Fi Water and I'm excited to go listen to it and I know other people will too. And it's really cool Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, it's really cool once again that you guys are local. That to me is huge, so. I'll see you tomorrow, Garrett. (laughs) Yeah, I'll see you at work. And Just Jill, it was very nice to meet you. It was nice to meet you, it was a pleasure and thank you for having us. Thanks for listening to this episode of Wi-Fi and Water and be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Wi-Fi and Water Podcast so you can stay up to date with future episodes. Thanks again and we'll see you next time.